Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by fellow consultant and accreditation extraordinaire, Anne Crothers. Hey, Anne. Hey, Dom. How are you going? Yeah, good. Hey, Anne. I wanted your expertise. I set you up as our uh, accreditation yeah, extraordinaire. You. <laughs> if you've been through accreditation recently, there's a pretty good chance you you know Anne. And Anne, what I thought would be really cool is to get your expertise on kind of common questions that come up, particularly from newly accredited people, but actually they could kind of apply to, yeah. to anyone and kind of throw a, a bunch of questions at you in rapid succession. How right does that sound? All right. Just remember I'm a whole dom, so not yeah. too fast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I've got to think on my feet. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, uh, well, I'll put little gaps between them yeah, that you recover. Be kind. Yeah, beautiful. First one for me that kind of comes up for people is around preparing for debriefs. Yeah. Right? And people ask, like, should I prepare for a debrief? What should I prepare for a debrief? Can you overcook it? That kind of stuff. What's your take on that? Yeah, yeah. Look, I think it it's a good question and a lot of uh, newly accredited people, you know, it's a wondering that they have. What I strongly suspect is in the early days of doing this work, so when people first come out of accreditation, they will probably find themselves doing a bit more prep than they, they will, you know, once they've got a few under their belt. So I think that's, you know, generally what, what would happen and to be expected. I think at the end of the day, you know, Dom, it's just going to come down to personal preference. There's a, a good argument for not doing a whole lot of prep. As we know, and as newly accredited people, you know, soon discover, you can't really look at reports and predict how the conversations are going to mm-hmm. play out, mm-hmm. you know? So, so there's a, a strong argument there in terms of not spending a whole lot of time preparing for something that really is just going to be what it'll be, you know? And I, I think there's a downside of spending a whole lot of time preparing you know, maybe you'll sort of box yourself in in terms of how you think this might go. And if it doesn't, of course, go that way, it then, you know, you. you might get thrown, you know. Yeah. So, so I think that's the first point I'd like to, well, first two points I'd like to make. In the early days, yeah, you, you probably will sort of pour, I, pour over them a bit more than you otherwise might. But. I know I definitely did. <laughs> and so I remember my first debriefs, yeah, the night before. I'm sweating. Yeah. I'm going through, I'm devouring the report, right? Like I'm looking at every page, every answer, yeah. trying to interpret it. Yeah, right? yeah. So I think that's, pre- that's pretty typical. But what I would suggest is that, you know, people should fairly soon get to a point where that's kind of not necessary really to that degree, you know? And so then it all just boil down to personal preference. So Dom, as you know, the, the folks in our team are kind of split on this, you know, that mm. there's quite a few folks in our team who pretty much as a matter of principle, won't look at them. You know, they actually just prefer to just get in there and discover it in the moment with the person, you know. You've and got no so, preconceived notions yeah, or anything, yeah, just yeah, exploring that, together. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You know, and so if that works for them, that's awesome, right? It just comes down to personal preference. Actually, I'm not in that camp. <laughs> neither, neither am I, actually. <laughs> so I'm a bit of a nervous Nelly, maybe. But yeah, I, if I've got access to the reports, I like to look at them. But my prep is you know, like two or three minutes. It's not 33 minutes. So, you know, so you know? what are you so, looking at in your prep? Yeah. So predominantly I'm interested in the LSI 1. So, you know, we, we always start there, don't we? So, so that's where I start. So have a look at the LSI 1. I'm interested in the circumplex uh, 
I'm interested in how the person has responded to the questions at the back. So the, the satisfaction items and the summary perceptions. That's kind of it. You know, I would very rarely, as a part of my prep, dig into the items. Now, again, that's just personal preference. You know, people will figure this out for themselves. But for me, it's a, you know, have a look at the circumplex, just get a sense of kind of how that looks and go to the back, look in the satisfaction item summary perceptions. Yeah. You know, speaking of devouring it and stuff, I know from my time and when I started, I had two profiles that were like, they looked exactly the same, right? And I was debriefing them pretty much in a row, I think one day to the next or something. And I was like, beautiful. I can just like rinse and repeat, do the same thing twice, right? Because yeah. the profiles looked exactly the same. But when I got in the room, totally different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm with you. And, but I had devoured the reports. I was expecting them to be the same. So it kind of did throw me. What I like about, I, so I'm, I'm like you, I do, I sneak a look as well. But it's mainly just because I want to get an idea of where it's fallen, what kind of areas yep. to pitch questions to and stuff. Do I know if it's going to be a surprise for them? So when I ask, like, what are you expecting to see? I know if they were on the money or they're way off. Yeah, right. Because that might change my approach yeah, a bit. Yeah. You know, I think there can be some real gold in the satisfaction items and the summary perceptions. Maybe, you know, I have a preference for satisfaction items. Some real gold in there, you know, in terms of, you know, how to kind of steer the conversation. And, you know, I think sometimes for newly accredited people, maybe they undervalue what's on that page. But for me, it's a really important page. So I, I do like to have a look at that in advance, just because it might give me a sense of some things that I might want to explore, you know, to the degree that I can in the session. So that's LSI 1, you know, that's, that's a, you know, a 90 second look almost, you know, it's really uh. quite quick. In terms of LSI 2, the, you know, I have a quick squeeze at the circumplex, but I'm actually more interested in the spread of opinion page. Okay. So I, I like to just have a look at, you know, it, is that circumplex picture that we're looking at, you know, consistent? It's a consistent view from the Raiders or actually it's not, you know, it's mm. almost a mathematical accident. <laughs> mm. And so you get a sense of that by looking at the spread of opinion page. Again, pretty rarely would I go into the items in my prep, you know. So, so that's kind of it, you know, it's a few minutes, less than five probably. But I do remember, you know, as we said, in the early days, you know, I was probably spending an hour looking at these things and I kind of learned pretty, pretty early that it's not, it's not a great use of my time, right? Because you just can't predict how the thing's going to go. And I think it's just a comfort thing eventually. You know, here's the thing, and people are the experts in themselves, right? So you can't kind of prep and we're not there to tell people who they are, right? Yeah. They can fill in that, but we can ask the questions as driven by the data. Right, as comes up. So you kind of, there's no point preparing yeah. too much because you yeah. can't tell, I can't <laughs> tell right. you about you, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's so it, that's, that's it. it. Hey, you hit on another couple of questions that often come up and one was around those satisfaction yeah, items at yeah. the back of the LSI one. How do you use those to best effect? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, for me, that can just give us a real sense of, you know, what's going on for people, what's on their plate, how they're feeling about certain mm. things. And you know, in a lot of cases, although those items aren't plotted directly onto the circumplex, a lot of times you can actually line it up. So how people have responded to those questions does kind of talk to what we've got in the LSI 1 circumplex. So, so if we're a bit lower on achievement, then often the work-related accomplishments all of that's, are a bit yeah, lower. That's it. Or we're high that's on it. aggressive styles and lower on the people side of constructive. Yeah. Interpersonal relationships are a bit lower or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know... This is a generalization, you know, of course, doesn't always play out like this, but on those satisfaction items, there's 13 questions, right? If I find that we have around about half 
or more, so let's say, you know, six, seven or more of those 13 items, that the person has answered three or less, uh. it's fairly unusual that it's a massively constructive LSI uh. one. Uh. So for me, there's a connection, right? How people are feeling about some of that stuff that has captured on the satisfaction items, you know, you can sort of see it playing out in the LSI one circumplex. So again, you know, to the earlier question, it's why I look at that in my prep. Because if I don't have a squiz at that before I go in, I just might not know to sort of start making some of those connections, you know, as early as I, as I perhaps would having looked at it. Yeah, because I'll do that like if, you know, stress or something, you know, ability to manage stress is, is marked not, you know, not good. I'm going to ask, what's going on at the moment? How are the stress levels? <laughs> you know, in your kind of rapport building at the start, I'm going to pitch some questions into some of those areas that might be interesting. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Dom, just lastly on the on this one, and look, this is just something uh, you know. I just want to put out there for for newly accredited people to think about. It's not my standard approach, you know, but just a little variation that I might do, particularly if I see lots of the satisfaction items that are at the low end, you know, two thirds of them or something are, are sort of scored three or less, and we also have a fairly defensive circumplex or you know, not a not a constructive one. You know, I might actually vary my process, you know, so we're still starting with the LSI1 report, but I might actually start there, just kind of work through those satisfaction items. Start at the back. Yeah. So it just sort of, uh, for me, it becomes an extension of the whole rapport building piece that we do up front. You know, what's cooking for you now? It just sort of gives me a bit more to kind of play with. So so yeah, it's not my standard, but I do do it from time to time to sort of try to get some of that stuff out a little bit earlier in the process. And then we'll go to the circumplex from there. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's particularly when someone, it looks like they might be in a particularly challenging spot right now because they've scored a lot of the satisfaction yeah. at the low end. Yep. So maybe we just have a kind of open chat about that first before looking at yeah. the Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's, yeah, just something that I do. And, I, and again, I wouldn't kind of know to do that if I hadn't had a squeeze at it first. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be <laughs> guessing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Part yeah. of the reason I have a look at it. Yeah. True. The other part you mentioned in your prep was around that spread of opinion page yeah. for the LSI 2 and kind of getting an understanding of that. One of the questions that comes up with that is sometimes if people have the breakout report, so we've yep. got the spread of opinion where we can see how consistent was the feedback for the different styles, yep. what was the level of agreement, and then the breakout report is people put their, the people giving them feedback into different groups. So. Yep direct reports, peers, others, managers, stuff like that. And sometimes the spread of opinion can say wide, but when you look at those breakout yeah. groups, you, it doesn't seem to like add up. Yeah, like it doesn't, yeah. They don't seem to match. What's going yeah, on there? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Look, often, but not always, often it, they do sort of line up. You know, it sort of intuitively looks correct. You know, when you're looking at the information on the spread of opinion, and then you look at the breakouts. If you've got breakouts, it sort of makes sense. You know, more often than not, that's what'll happen. But but you're right. Sometimes it doesn't. It just uh. sort of doesn't intuitively look right. Uh. The reason for that is that we're not actually comparing apples with apples here. You know, so broadly, they're trying to answer the same question. So the spread of opinion page and the breakouts are broadly trying to do the same thing. And it is about consistency of response. Are, you know, are people viewing you the same? Oh. Or in fact, do we have differences? So both of those pages help us, you know, come to grips with that. But they're calculating a different thing, which is why it doesn't always, you know, intuitively line up. So the spread of opinion looks at the whole group of respondents. So, you know, six, eight, ten people, let's treat them as a whole group. 
and look at the variance amongst the scores, you know, across all of those respondents, right? So, uh-huh. so the spread of opinion stuff, you know, comes from the standard deviation calculations that we run. It's just a, for me, it's a more user-friendly way of, of presenting that data rather than the numbers. 6.23 right? <laughs> or yeah, something. Yeah, what does that mean? It, you know, so, so it's not all that helpful, right? And this spread of opinion pages an enhancement, actually, we made to the LSI2 report. I lose track of time, years but yeah, I'm going to say almost three years even, but yeah. anyway, something like that. So it's a relatively new page, right? But it was to try to help people out because prior to that, you had to wrestle with those numbers, the standard deviation numbers, uh. and it was a bit, you know, not user-friendly. So, so the spread of opinion page, the little chart there that's at the bottom right corner comes from the standard deviation numbers, but it's looking at the whole group, right? All of the respondents, what is the variance among that group of 8, 10, 12 people? When we get to the breakouts, it's not the same thing. So the breakouts, we first put them into their subgroups, Mm. and then what we're doing is simply averaging the scores of the people in that subgroup and to come up with, you know, essentially a summary circumplex that represents that group. So that's a different calculation altogether, right? So broadly kind of showing us the same thing. Are, Are people seeing you the same or are they not? But we just calculate it differently, and it, and it's you're not really lining up apples with apples. They're, they're calculated in a different way and at a different level, you know. So one's kind of the broad summary level spread of opinion, but the others is little subgroups, averaging of scores. So that's why you sometimes when you look at it, you sort of scratch your head and go, you know, hang on a sec, <laughs> spread of opinion saying wide, but all these things look the same. When we look at the breakouts, you know, what it's suggesting really is that the wide probably applies within each of those breakouts right. kind of thing. You know? Okay, so, <laughs> so we've got, so so between the peers and direct reports actually look pretty similar, but we've got a wide spread. Yeah. So that means within the four direct reports, for instance, there's a spread within those yeah, four. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, hard to say definitively, but, but more than likely there is people within each of those subgroups who also disagree. And so there, yeah. it's just different calculations at a different level. Which is also... Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, interesting on a different, in a different way though, because it's like, well, hold on, because it's interesting if different groups see us differently. But if we've been seen differently within groups, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of a different yeah, yeah, conversation yeah. slightly, yeah. isn't it? For me, um, you know, that spread of opinion page is, is really useful. You know, I, I really like that page. I think it's a great enhancement that we made a couple of years ago. And, and uh, for me, it's one of the most valuable pages in the LSI2 report. I agree with that because the LSI2, we've got to remember, is the average of 10 people yeah, or however many. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily represent any one person's view. Yeah. You so don't know until you turn the page, right? Yeah. You've you yeah. got to kind of line up what you're looking at, LSI2 circumplex time, with you know your answer to the question, You know, is that everyone's view or is it not? You've got to flip the page to have a look at the data in the next section. Yeah, beautiful. What about, Ian, sometimes the question we get is around drawing up the circumplex when you're debriefing. So it comes with the profile supplement, which is that cardboard yep. fold out of the two circumplex and the raw score and getting people to draw it up. Do you use that or, or do you sometimes yeah. use it, sometimes not? What's your take? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan, Dom. Okay. <laughs> you know, I can remember quite a few years ago, but, you know, when I was going through accreditation, you know, I was definitely sitting in class sort of thinking, you know, would we really do that in all circumstances? You know, and maybe this was saying more about me than anything else, you know, but I, I was a bit nervous about the whole prospect of, you know, getting people to grab textures and do some colouring, you know. I'm now a bit... Mrs. CEO, <laughs> can you do yeah. some colouring in? Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing, you know. But 
I'm a big convert now. If you don't do it, there's only one other option, isn't there? And that's just open the report in mm. front of people. I just find that is a much colder start, you know. So if you think about revealing a circumplex, you know, for me anyway, you know, the next thing I do is to ask people what, you know, what do they notice or what stands out for them, you know. I find that people were struggling to answer that if they hadn't actually built the thing for themselves. People draw it up for themselves seems to slow them down, but they seem more ready to talk about it. So if I say something like, you know, what do you notice there? We're away. Whereas, you know, the, the times in the early days where I was electing to not do that, it was a colder start, you know. Mm. I, I think, you know, the conversation just flowed a lot better if people had drawn it up. Something kind of magical in the whole grab a pen and draw it up, you know, people just seem a bit more, take a bit more ownership of it, a bit more acceptance of what it is. And they start to process it as they're building it. You know, mm. you can see it. Yeah, they mm. start to ask questions about it and react to it, all of which you don't get if you just turn the page and go, here's the report, you know. So I'm a fan of it. It's not a mandatory step, you know, again, you know, people will make up their own minds about that, whether it works for them and for their clients. But, you know, I, I really like it. If you're someone that is nervous about doing it, maybe hasn't done it, my suggestion is just give it a go, you know, try it both ways a few times, just sort of see how it lands for you and if you're getting a different reaction. And this is where it links back to prep for me. Like if I have had a squiz at the at the uh, profile and I think it's going to be either a bit of a surprise or, or a bit confronting, then I'll definitely do the colouring in. And if I ask them, what do you think you're going to see in the report and they're way off, right? Oh, I think I'm going to be high on people side constructor. I'm like, oh, I know you're high on task red, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I know that's going to be a surprise. So then I'll definitely go to coloring in as well. The other one is when DLC one and two are really different. Yeah. Right. Because that's probably also going to be a surprise because I think I'm on the people side, the feedback from others say I'm on the task side, right? That's going to be a, possibly a surprise for me. So those are cases where I'll, I'll definitely do it. Yeah. I think it's good anyway, yeah. as you say, if you have time. Sometimes I'll skip it if I've got a shorter time. Yeah, yeah. I ask them, what do you think they're going to see? And they're pretty much on the money. Then I might go kind of to yeah, it. So Yeah. Do you know, you know, again, I can clearly remember it, even though it's a few years ago, but in my early days of doing this, you know, probably based on how the initial part of the process had gone, I often elected in the moment, you know, I'm not doing colouring in, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, when I did that, I almost always regretted it. Mm. You know, I walked out thinking, you know, I wonder if I would have got a little bit more if I'd have just uh-huh. spent a couple of minutes doing the colouring mm. in. So, so now it's my go-to. It's pretty rare that I don't do it. You know, even if people, you know, this is my fifth LSI, you know, we're still going to colour it up probably, you know. so. And just on that note, and even online, right, we actually, you know, nowadays with pandemic and, and remote yep. debriefings become a lot more common, we actually released a way to to be able to do it online, right? So so typically we try and send them the physical materials anyway, so you can kind of get yeah. them to pull it out and, and draw it in. But if you can't do that for whatever reason, inside the accredited login, is actually under projects, I think, is profile yep. supplement, yeah, and is. you can create a link for them. And it's not quite the same. You're not coloring it in, but it's a circumflex on your screen. They can click, yeah, you know, on whatever the score is to kind of color in, yeah. quote unquote, the the circumflex. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so it also works. It's not a hundred percent the same, but it's it's a good. Yeah, it's way better than not doing it. It's I way reckon. better than not doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. One other question for you, Ed is one that comes up pretty often 
and recalls and, and, yep. and when people come back to kind of chat about it is bow ties and opposites because yeah. we kind of talk about this in technical and I think people get excited about it. Sounds cool. <laughs> bow tie and opposite. But what's the, A, what's the difference between a bow tie and an opposite and what should we be looking out for? Yeah, yeah. So when we get down to, to talking about bow ties and opposites, what we're talking about is formations that we may see when we're looking at primary and secondary styles, right? So looking at primary and secondary styles is one of the kind of, you know, key dissections of the data, if you like, you know, things to sort of potentially look for that will are worthy of a conversation. And so in the training that we give people, we talk about when you're looking at primary and secondary, just be, you know, a little bit more mindful of if it happens to fall into a couple of key formations, you know, one being bow ties, one being opposites point to make is though many times these things won't be there <laughs> you know so so don't try and conjure up something that's not there but you know we're always going to look for primary and secondary just because it's potentially interesting potentially impactful potentially worthy of of some reflection but what we're saying is when looking at primary and secondary if you happen to notice you know but many times that it falls into these formations but but many times they won't so what we're talking about here when we're talking about opposites and bow ties. We're talking about primary and secondary styles and both over the 50th percentile. So they need to be extended, right? If, uh. they're, if they're small scores, they're not really impactful, therefore not really one of those kind of formations. So it doesn't dominate the way you think. Yeah, you're that's, it. Yep. that's it if they're low scores. So look, technically speaking, we're talking primary and secondary both over the 50th percentile. The both over the 50th percentile for me is probably the more important of those two elements. So sometimes you can see these formations. It's not technically number one and number two style, but it's close enough. You know, it might be styles two and three or styles one and three. But if they're both really extended, you know, it, it's potentially impactful then for the person and, and worthy of a, a conversation. On that note, though, sometimes I see people where it's like styles four and six or something. It's like it doesn't predominate the thinking now, right? Yeah, so it's yeah probably... that's, it, that's it. And there's probably other things that are more impactful and, and therefore, you know, we'll spend our time and energy there mm. rather than, you know, let's look at the formation between your number four and number six kind of style. So where people get confused with these, and I understand the confusion, right? So in both cases, opposites and bow ties, we're talking about a scenario where your number one and number two style, both extended, happen to be styles that are directly across from each other in the model, right? So that's true of a bow tie and it's true of an opposite. So that, that's, I think, where people get confused. There's a really easy way, I think, to just remember, you know, which is which, and that is that in a bow tie, there's no blue, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about styles that are directly across from each other in the model, but neither of them is blue, and so uh, based on that definition, there's only two. There's only two bow ties, and they're oh. the ones essentially that run through the middle there, competitive and approval and, and perfectionistic and conventional. So anything else is going to be an opposite, right? So in an opposite, we've got styles that are directly across from each other in the model, but one is blue. So why do we differentiate those? Like yeah, uh, look, only because, you know, it's not always going to be the case, but potentially these things are impactful for people, but but maybe impactful in a different way, you know, how a, how an opposite might be playing out could be different to a to a bow tie, right? Mm. So so that's all. But with an opposite, the, the um, clue is in the title, right? Opposite. So so the styles that are directly across from each other in the model, and one is blue and one is not, mm. uh, 
they are actually opposite, you know, in terms of how we define them. Yet, this is a scenario where people have both, <laughs> you uh, know? So, mm, there's a so bit it's of, kind of like almost how does that compute because yeah, they're yeah, definitionally opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we think about it from an LSI 1 perspective, right, so the, the person has described themselves in this case high on both. Mm. So it's sort of like, hey, you know, it doesn't intuitively kind of feel right. You know, how can that be? Very common, very, very common, but it's an interesting kind of twist, isn't it? Because mm. that those two styles are actually opposite of each other, yet here we are, you, you're describing yourself with both. So we often say the person is, is potentially conflicted, you oh. know, and I find often that the, the blue piece is almost aspirational, like I want to be, I uh-huh. understand the importance of it, but, but there's something going on for me that's kind of holding me back, which is the opposite piece, you know, so people uh-huh. can get stuck. It can be a bit of a dilemma uh-huh. for people, I, I think. That's opposites. Bow ties is different, you know, the um, approval and competitive. They're, they're across from each other in the model. They're not actually opposite of each other in definition. Uh-huh. You know, approval is not the opposite of competitive. They're just different. But if we've got them both, there is often an interplay between them. They, they kind of magnify the effect of each other or play off each other. Uh-huh. And remembering there's no blue, right, in, in bow ties. So, you know, that, if it's LSI 1, that can be a lot of, you know, stress and pressure that people are potentially putting on themselves, you know, to kind of uh, fit in and be liked by kind of proving, proving oneself. Yeah, you know, I've got to look good and win, so you yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Don, my only final point I make on all of that is you can see these formations, of course, in LSI 2, but back to our earlier conversation, you got to check that against the spread of opinion stuff because it could be the case that it's not so much that it's a bow tie or an opposite, it's just different people seeing different things and when we average the right. scores, it comes out that way. So you've always got to, you know, before you get too far down the track of digging into these sorts of formations in an LSI too, just kind of check the consistency of response stuff. Right, so is it the same person who sees both or is yeah, one person yeah. see this, one person see that? Because yeah. that's still interesting, but a different question. Yeah, that's it. You know, yeah. the more interesting question is we've got an inconsistent response here not that we've got a bow tie or yeah. an opposite. So you've just got to, it's a little sort of watch out, you know, when you get to LSI 2 time. Really, you've got to, before you get too far down that sort of track, just have a look at the spread of opinion stuff. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time today, Ian. No Those worries. are awesome questions. That wasn't too scary. If, if, <laughs> if, uh, if we didn't go too fast, right? Um, well, we got through a rapid fire few. You know, listeners out there, if you have questions yourselves around, you know, things you're wondering about in the, in the LSI in particular, far away I and mean, i'll get in back on the show and we can uh, go through another rapid awesome. fire list that'd be great all that'd right thanks in right up see you dom thanks for listening to this episode of culture bites if you enjoy the show remember to subscribe on itunes stitcher soundcloud or wherever you get your podcasts also leave us a review it helps other people to find the show if you have a question you'd like us to answer email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.